unidentifiable flying object. The UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It can only be one thing. A UFO. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of UFO Know, the show where we separate science fact from science fiction the best that we can. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're surviving the world that we live in right now. It's fucking chaos everywhere. UFOs are real, confirmed by the Pentagon and shit, and uh, we got we got all kinds of stuff going on, so... It's very, very interesting time that we live in. But before we get into, I got a great one for you today. We're going to talk about the USS Memphis incident and the persistent underwater UFO presence. I'm talking about USOs, unidentified submersible objects. That's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to go over a specific incident and some others. So before we get too far along, though, first of all, thank you all very much for sticking around. Mike's not here. Yeah, I, I think he's been abducted. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. He's MIA. Uh, but before we get too all, far along, go and share this episode, please. Splash it about. Uh, we are everywhere. If you're listening on Amazon Prime, if you're listening on uh, Pandora, if you're listening on uh, uh, iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever. Wherever you're listening to this, if you can, pause this episode or keep listening. Give us a little reviewy poo. Uh, really, really helps spread the show. And then make sure like, share, um, you can leave me comments, whatever, however you want to get a hold of me. That would be fantastic. I would love to talk to you all. And if you got experiences, let's chat. Also, I want to thank Clarkston CBD company, uh, for always being supportive. A little place I help manage along with my buddy Casey. And, uh, that's what we specialize in. And you can use promo code UFO. No, all one word UFO. No. Uh, to save 10% site-wide when you shop ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Gummies, capsules, rubs, uh, you name it, we got it. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, you know, you can find CBD everywhere, but uh, quality CBD, that's what we specialize in. Results, it's all that great stuff. As well as I want to shout out Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company for being some of the best cannabis you can find in Washington State. All small batch craft cannabis True live organic soil grown, chemical free, fantastic. If you're looking for a balanced experience in your cannabis that you're missing, because today's cannabis is just insane and it's lost its balance. Uh, so if you need that back, that old school feel, ask for Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company in your local Washington retailer. You will not regret it. If they don't have it, get a hold of me because that's kind of what I do. I go around, I, I spread the good word of Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company and I try to get us in retailers. So anyways... Ask for them, and you will love it. Uh, as well as, hey, it helps expand your mind and think about this shit a little bit more. So UFOs and all that shit, you smoke a little bit of weed, and I'm telling you what, oh, oh, you'll be thinking about UFOs and, and conspiracies and all kinds of things. You'll be connecting dots because now your brain is attuned, vibrating. So anyways, thank you all. Once again, share the episode. Go find us on Facebook, UFO No Podcast, as well as everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Hey, Let's get into this. So, uh, oh, hey, wait. I almost forgot. Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to give a fan, Casey Amendolaro. I hope I get your name right, dude. Uh, message me because it's been a little bit. since Those of you that are uh, staying uh, along with me, it's been a little bit. Me and, me and Mike, it's been a little bit since I put in an episode just because Mike's MIA. I, I'm just trying to get my poop in a group. And uh, so anyways, it's been a little bit since I put on an episode. And uh, this wonderful person, Casey, uh, messaged me and be like, hey, is there a new show coming out? What's the deal? And I was like, hey, I, yes, it is. I'm sorry. I'm taking a break. Uh, new episode coming out. This one the one I'm listening, the, you're listening to right now. And uh, so anyway, so I just want to give you a big shout out. And uh, thanks for uh, putting my rear in gear, lighting the fire, if it will, uh, if you will. So anyways, thank you, Casey, very, very much. And uh, he asked if we ship to Florida. Yes, we do. If you're in Florida, and uh, which I, I, I've never been, I want to go. Uh, but if you're in Florida, Clarkson CBD Co., 
uh, we do ship nationwide. And once again, use that promo code UFO no, save 10%. Uh, and anything over 50 bucks ships for free. Anyways, thanks, Casey. On with the show. On with the show. Once again, the USS Memphis incident, huh? The persistent underwater UFO presence. So, a little over half of all UFO sightings actually occur over or near water, sometimes underwater. Like if uh, we're talking about the gimbal, the Tic Tac uh, videos that were released by the Pentagon, those were over water. Uh, in fact, the uh, Tic Tac video, I believe, was the one where David Favor, Fravor was uh, uh, saw this and it was doing things that uh, just... It, uh, what did it do? It defied all physics is what he described uh, from like 60,000 feet down to below 50 feet in just under a second. Uh, insane stuff. And so anyways, they're talking about, you know, no evidence of propulsion. Uh, they looked at a different uh, types of um, cameras such as uh, infrared, I believe, and thermal. No sign. So anyways, but Something that doesn't get uh, seen anymore as much, at least, is the, it seems to be the UFOs uh, underwater. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about specifically this one particular sighting that occurred at the end of the 80s, 1989 to be exact, and involved a United States nuclear submarine. Now, keep that in mind, this nuclear thing. Okay, this, uh, you know, we've had UFOs that have been over nuclear launch sites. So, there is a, uh, in fact, a new, uh, well, not new. There's a theory that was uh, on the Joe Rogan show. They were talking about um, how nuclear power could potentially explain, nuclear-powered craft could potentially explain what these crafts are doing and why they seem to be around nuclear areas because maybe they're drawing power. Maybe they're drawing power. Um, somehow from these either nuclear launch sites or the nuclear submarines that they're doing. But this one in particular, uh, this nuclear submarine was patrolling the waters ahead of a NASA space shuttle launch. And they witnessed a strange triangular uh, craft, but also many other similar objects were witnessed in the days before and after this particular incident. Uh, Of course, across the United States, not just with this one ship. Um, Now, you could go read about this in a book uh, documented in the book is Military Encounters with Extraterrestrials, The Real War of the Worlds by Frank Joseph. Um, And so we'll get into this that but go check out that book because it uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible some of these things. And I know it's unbelievable, but, you know, now with the Pentagon coming out and saying that UFOs exist. Um, which I've always thought all these things are possible, but I just think it's, uh, I think now more than ever, we should be looking at these, you know, past sightings and things like that with technology going the way it is that I think a lot of this stuff is plausible through nuclear technology. Uh, but anyways, so let's get into this particular one. So, uh, according to the report, uh, from a crew member on the U S Navy submarine, the USS Memphis, They were about 150 miles off the coast of Florida when there was uh, an event that took place. And the main witness stated that their mission was to protect the NASA space shuttle that was sitting on the launch pad in Florida. They would patrol the water. Hey, Florida, Casey, it's your state. They would patrol the waters off the coast of Florida looking out for potential terrorist attacks or other attempts to sabotage the upcoming mission. On this particular evening of the 24th going on into the 25th of October, the USS Memphis was cruising at a depth of around 500 feet. Uh, Now, the mission was standard until the submarine suddenly started to experience problems in their electronics. In fact, more than just problems, the uh, witness claimed that the ship was malfunctioning. The tanks were blowing, which in submarines means they're sinking, I believe. And navigation ability and communication became totally lost. A decision was made to bring the vehicle to a stop so they could attempt to get a handle on just what was happening. And that's when the controls in the reactor started to malfunction and the captain of the vessel ordered it to shut down and for the crew to surface immediately switching to diesel engines when they did. Uh, And so when the... uh, 
the ship broke to the surface of the water, the witness immediately went to his watch station, uh, which I'm not sure where that would be located. So he looked out of the, at the night sky, which I believe would be through the upper hatch of submarines, uh, looked out at the night sky, which was, quote, glowing like a red neon sign as it was raining as well. And then moments later, he witnessed a large inverted V-shaped object to the port side of the submarine. With him, he had this executive officer that was with him as well, who also witnessed this thing and told the witness <laughs> to remain at his post uh, on the tower, which it was. It was the the uh, the tower that comes up on top of the submarine. So they were up there to re- to stay there while he went to tell the captain. And so later returned with the captain, and they used a range finder to estimate that they were about 200 meters from the nearest point of the V-shaped craft, which they estimated was around 650 feet from the submarine, with the furthest point of the craft being over 3,000 feet away. And this told them that the object was around half a mile across. And they saw that it was circling around the submarine. And as it passed overhead, the electronics started to go crazy. The red glow was coming from the underside of the craft, lighting up the water around them. And it appeared, the water did, to rise almost a foot as the, as the craft passed over it. The craft then came to a sudden stop, hanging motionless for several seconds, causing the entire sky to shine bright red. And then, all of a sudden, it moved off at tremendous speed, according to the witnesses. Um, at the same time, the electronics started working again except that their communications and sonar appeared to be permanently damaged. Uh, so after the captain, after all this, the captain ordered a systems check. They returned to the reactor power and set out back on their patrol. And after they were going through the water once again, the captain told the witness and the executive officer, as well as apparently two other petty officers, to come into his wardroom. He told the group, the only ones that witnessed the bizarre occurrence, that they could not speak about it until he had a chance to report it to the commander submarine fleet. And then, when they reached the port around seven hours later, the witnesses were taken into, quote, protective custody. As they waited, the main witness and the two officers agreed, talked amongst each other, and agreed that what they had seen was real. And about three hours later, when an officer from the Air Force arrived to speak with the witnesses, uh, unbelievably to all three of them, they were told by this officer that what they had witnessed was merely, quote, an exploding weather satellite. Does that sound familiar? Huh? The, the old go-to weather balloon satellite thing? Even more, though, suspicious according to the witnesses, was that every single person on the crew of the USS Memphis at the time of the incident, after having served only four or served around four years together, were suddenly transferred to completely new assignments with no explanation. Even the captain was transferred from the mission. Essentially, the witness said, they were split up, and he says that almost never happens. I don't know. I'm not in the military. I don't know how that works as far as so. Maybe there was something else that was going on, but... You know, I have no idea how they do like rotations, um, you know, who was, I, I don't know any of that. However, the officer remained quiet about this incident for several years, but eventually he reported it to researchers after watching a show that inspired him to share his, his uh, encounter. So according to this researcher and writer, Frank Joseph, the official record history of the USS Memphis states only that the submarine was, quote, underway for a dependence cruise. And according to Joseph, all other references to that cruise, including the events of the 24th and 25th, have been deleted. Deleted. Does that sound like government? It sure does. Now, there's a few things to note about this. Not to mention the fact that, like I'd said earlier, the submarine is nuclear, okay? 
was this a random chance? Was this a random encounter that the two vehicles happen to be in the same place at the same time? Or is it that this ship's nuclear power uh, under the water attracted this UFO, like we're talking about, about how they use potentially this nuclear power to feed these systems, potentially? Um, making it shut down, not being able to use that nuclear power because it was draining power from it, potentially. Or is there a connection to the NASA space shuttle launch that was coming up that the submarine was conducting patrols? Was there concern of maybe they were concerned about what we were sending into space or or why? Mm, very interesting. Anyways, um. Another thing was, of course, why was the incident covered up? I mean, obviously, that's that's like the number one question is why does the government cover it up and then release certain information now? Like now, why release the UFO videos now? Why now? There's got to be a reason, and I believe it's because they are getting ready to unleash some type of technology they need us to be prepared for or they're going to announce something that they're already doing that uh, either way we're going to need to be desensitized to and i think this is part of it i think this is you know the whole frog in the pot thing you know releasing slow amounts of even though it is incredible information the timing in which it comes out with all the world going to shit anyways and then the, I, I don't know, just all the distractions that seem to be, it seemed like UFOs, just the acknowledgement of the existence of UFOs by the government just slipped right under and just kind of flew by everybody and, and people are like, oh, okay, whatever. Which to me, it blows my mind. I mean, I'm, I'm very thoroughly disappointed in the quote-unquote report that the Pentagon put out that was nine pages of just, yeah, we don't know what the fuck they are stupid but still i think there i think there's a reason why they're doing it now because there is so much going on they can release it and say yeah we told you you just weren't paying attention you know um kind of one of those things like somebody you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody else and they go oh hey by the way i'm gonna take your car and you're just like oh yeah okay whatever you know and then you wait what and they're already gone so that's kind of what i think of but, um, you know, that's a no-brainer. Why they would cover it up, they've been doing that for a long time. So, um, of course, we know that they know that these things exist. We just don't know if it's our stuff, like the government stuff, human stuff, or if it's extraterrestrial, interdimensional. That's the big question. What is the origins of all this stuff? You know, is it man-made, humans, or is it something else? And I think that would change the perspective. I mean, if you think about this, think about the idea that, all right, let's, let's say that they come out and say, it's absolutely us. We're making all these crafts. We're putting them out there. We're doing tests for technology and all this stuff. It's just us. Or it's us. We're going to be like, fuck you. We knew it. But then that's kind of, I believe, where the excitement ends. Now we're just going to be even more skeptical of the government. We're going to demand transparency. You know, that I, I don't think they're ever going to do that. However, if they did, I think it would, it would get a similar reaction to what this report did because it was so minuscule anyways. It was just like, yeah, UFOs is this. Which is amazing news, once again, that they admitted that. But I think there's so much more that they're just not telling us. Not only, yeah, they exist. You motherfuckers are in control of them or something. So, either they come out and say that or they do say, yes, it's extraterrestrial and then it completely changes our idea of religion, our idea of science, Everything changes if we know that extraterrestrials do, in fact, exist. You know, we have a lot of hearsay. We have a lot of 
what what do they call that circumstantial evidence i want to take just a moment to talk about cbd cbd works as a very powerful anti-inflammatory and i'm sure a lot of you have met someone who's used it or know a family member who's using cbd to relieve pain anxiety and the truth is it does all of those things helps relieve pain reduce and prevent inflammation as well as relieving anxiety and stress on top of improving quality of life. So if you're looking to try CBD for the first time or get into something new and you want some answers, Clarkston CBD Company is where you want to go. Little plates I help manage uh, as well as educate people as to the benefits and products that can work for them. Check us out online, ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Shop online, reach out on Facebook, Clarkston CBD Company, and back to the show. That, that, that shows that there might be existence of aliens, but then you also have a very corrupt, deceiving, manipulative government that could very easily be making these things have nuclear technology that they've been testing for ever. And, now, and they're just using it, becoming, you know, they're running out of space to do things, so somebody's going to see something, but they've got an easy cop-out. Let people believe it's aliens. Let people believe it's UFOs. Let them speculate as to what it is. We don't have to say shit, which is exactly what they're doing. So that's that's what I believe. Now, let's talk about some other sightings of these similar crafts around the same time. Okay? So whether there's a connection or not, once again, we don't know. But... These are some other things that were going on around the same time, okay? For example, 9 p.m., October 10th, Cranklin, Kentucky. Triangular craft witnessed by a parent and son moving silently over their heads at about 100 feet. We've gone over this a lot about people that say, oh, it's 100 feet overhead. How the fuck do you know that? Have you been 100 feet in the air and know what that looks like? Chances are no. Chances are No, they did not. So they're speculating. And then that also, you know, they go into the object was around 100 feet long and 40 feet wide. That's incredibly hard to speculate on, especially at night. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, so I take that with a grain of salt. Anyways, it appeared to disappear into the distance with a witness claiming that the incident left them in, quote, shock. Same night, Centralia in the state of Washington uh, a huge triangle with four glowing points of light on the underside was witnessed by approximately or for approximately a minute by local resident as it passed over their home. The man was sitting in a hot tub in their yard with their son when they spotted the strange craft, something he knew was not a military or civilian aircraft due to his time in the military. See, now that's a little bit more credible. The witness found most remarkable was that given the mammoth size of the object, it didn't make a sound as it moved slowly over them. And given that the object had been using, quote, full power to stay airborne, which that's completely speculative. He should have heard the noise of whatever method of propulsion it was using. He described this propulsion as gravitational rather than aerodynamic. And then he said that the object appeared to float, although there was no question that it might be a balloon. So what he's saying is there's no question it definitely was not a balloon. Is what he's saying. Uh, then he estimated that the strange craft was a, about 5,000 feet in altitude and was many times larger than a conventional large aircraft, quote, at least 1,000 feet across. Now, we've talked about that again. Now, even with credible sources who know distance, it's very, very difficult, but it's a little bit better to say he was in the military. Maybe he was a pilot. It doesn't go into what his background was. He also stated that the lights were not conventional aircraft lights, but white glow lights. And that the craft eventually disappeared. And he went on to say that in his report, he'd never seen a large object in the sky. The witness would go on to state in his report that he had, quote, never seen a larger, oh, larger object in the sky. I'm like, wait, he just said he did. Anyways. Uh, 
Five days later, Morgantown, West Virginia, 10.30 p.m., local DJ witnesses three lights moving overhead. They were in the shape of an arrowhead and remained in the same position, suggesting they were the underside of a solid object. They watched the object for around 15 minutes, noting how it would occasionally come to a stop, remain motionless before rising slightly, then moving forward once again. He later said the sighting on his radio show was which resulted in several residents calling in and reporting that they witnessed a strange object. I'm pretty sure we went over that one in a previous episode. Uh, same night, two hours earlier, 8 p.m., Mint Hill, North Carolina. Silent triangular object, three distinct lights underside, was witnessed by two individuals while driving through the neighborhood. They continued to watch the object for several minutes until they pulled into their driveway. Uh... After exiting their car, they continued to observe the object moving slowly across the sky. They estimated it was approximately the size of a football field. I don't know because that's it's just incredible. I, I don't know why they bother. Why do they bother? First thing I would say is I don't fucking know how big it was. I've never, I mean, you know, let's be honest about this. The problem is it's human nature to not want to look like a fool. It's human nature to want, not want to sound stupid. Let's get one thing straight. You are describing a UFO sighting that you could arguably say half of people agree uh, believe in, half people don't, or at least seriously. At least seriously, half the population probably doesn't believe it at all or is like, Meh, I don't know. And then the other half is like, absolutely. Or there's got to be. I'd say that's pretty, pretty, pretty good chances, especially now with the announcement of the, uh, you know, UFOs existence from the Pentagon. It's got to be even higher now. I'm just saying that I think let's be honest about this and let's be, you know, why not be as credible as possible? So be as honest as possible. The problem is people are trying to give scale to what they saw. Because they want people to understand. They want people to have a gravity of the situation. They want people to be as shocked and amazed as they were. I'm sure. But there's no way that's going to happen. It's like trying to describe a sunset. You have to see it to understand its beauty. Same thing with a UFO. I'm sure it's glorious. But there's no way you're going to describe that by going, It was so shiny and it was super big. Just, just, just the fact that you saw a craft is, is incredible enough. Let's not add exaggeration potentially, but at least you're giving a completely uneducated estimation of what this, how big this was, which, which in my opinion, discredits your entire sighting because there's no way you could verify size, let alone the sighting in itself. So you might as well just say you saw what you saw without trying to estimate how big it was, how fast it was going. You know what I mean? So look, for those of you that are listening to this that have had an experience or will have an experience, keep this in mind. I've never read a story ever or heard an account of a sighting where them trying to estimate how big it was added credibility Never. Because once again, at best, at best, it is an educated guess at best. Whereas the majority of the time, it is a very uneducated, wild stab in the dark at how big this thing was. So just don't. Just don't. All right. PSA, don't try and exaggerate size. Guys already know this. Guys already know this. It does you no good. Somebody's going to find out the truth one way or the other. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. They estimated it was probably like, oh, yeah, we said that. More intriguing, according to a local news report, several other residents of the town also witnessed the strange object. Two days after the sightings of West Virginia and North Carolina, another similar object, Norwalk, Connecticut. Witness was driving along the highway coming up to an exit when they suddenly noticed a triangular craft moving through the skies just above tree level. 
The witness estimated it moved at around 20 miles an hour. Once again. Yet was completely silent. It remained in sight for around 90 seconds before disappearing out of sight. Same night, other side of the United States, San Jose, California. Day after the 7.1 earthquake in the Bay Area, two students were sitting outside their room at around 9 p.m. when they noticed a large black triangular craft blocking out the stars as it moved across the sky. The object suddenly swooped straight down to around only 100 feet above them. By the time the witness realized what they were looking at, the object suddenly accelerated off and vanished out of sight. Three days before the incident involving the USS Memphis, just before midnight on the 21st October in Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. Local resident who was walking home noticed a very bright light and realized it was getting closer to him. So close that he was forced to walk through the beam of light that shone down to the ground. It was only after he had done this that he realized he was underneath some craft that was sat stationary 12 feet above him. Now that is a little bit easier to judge if you're directly under a craft. That might be a little bit easier to judge, especially 12 feet above you. Does not seem very much. So that one, maybe. He claimed that there was a weird hum that he felt rather than heard. From the placement of the lights, the object appeared to be a triangular shape. He ran the short distance left to his house, informed his parents and sister of the strange craft, who also witnessed it disappeared in a strange fog, vertically and silent at an amazing speed. November 1st, Falls Village, Connecticut. State police received a report of a triangular craft moving overhead with red and white lights. Sighting occurred at 8 p.m., and the witness was certain the lights were part of one large triangular object. Further, according to the report, several other residents would also corroborate the sighting. During a patrol of the Second World War, early March 1944, the crew of a German submarine, the U-629, encountered an apparent otherworldly object while in the Bay of Biscay in the North Atlantic. The Submarine had just surfaced when the radar operator noticed something approaching their location through the air at an incredible pace. He reported the object to Lieutenant Hans Helmuth Bugs, who was in the Conning Tower. Conning? Conning Tower? It has two ends. I don't know if that helps. He was about to raise the alarm and get his crew to their stations when the object was directly over them. The crew looked on. They could see a disc-shaped craft with white, yellow, and red blinking lights. They weren't certain if the lights were some kind of coded message or just incidental. The craft remained overhead, showing no signs of aggression, just sitting there. They contemplated responding with their own lights, but Bugs declined to do so. Fuck you, Bugs. You should have communicated. According to them, the object was about 40 feet above them. Once again, that's more reasonable and remained so far, so, so, oh, remained that way for around five minutes. And then it suddenly disappeared in the distance at lightning speed. Although they weren't certain, Bug and his crew assumed the object was some kind of secret allied aircraft possibly used to locate the position. Incidentally, the U-629 was sunk on June 7th, 1944, in the English Channel as they attempted to launch an attack on Allied ships. All on board lost their lives. Very interesting. Strange object off the coast of Norway, 1972. Patrol boat in Bergen, off the coast of Bergen, in Sognefjord. <laughs> Noticed that they thought it was a Russian submarine on their sonar scope. Immediately notified the Norwegian Navy, who told them, uh, oh, and they responded by se sending several vessels, including battleships, aircraft carriers, and submarines. Uh, part of the response was to launch several Sea King helicopters that would drop depth charges in the region of the ocean where these signals had been picked up. But as they did this, they each began to experience problems with their instruments and other electronic equipment. They would return to their ship essentially crippled and unable to fully operate. In their place, several fighter jets were launched to patrol the area from the skies. However, they experienced almost identical issues. 
The response would then gather pace. Realizing that the Russian submarine was no longer in the area, a blockade of sorts was set up along the end of Sogniford in order to prevent whatever the underwater vehicle was from escaping into the vastness of the Atlantic Ocean. This blockade remained in pace while intricate underwater searches took place, all of which proved to be unfruitful. Then, two weeks later, things changed. On the morning 26 November, the object was picked up once more, and it appeared as though it was attempting to sneak out of the mouth of Sognaford and out into the Atlantic. So the Norwegian Navy moved quickly, dropping depth charges in the area where the object had been picked up. Short time later, this vehicle came to the surface. However, it didn't take those at the scene long to realize the object was not a submarine. Instead, it was a huge, undetailed cigar-shaped craft, completely different from anything any of the crew had ever seen before. One of the ships opened fire on the object, followed by torpedoes launched from the submarines. Awesome job, guys. Way to go. Beneath the water. However, the barrage appeared to inflict no damage at all on the strange vessel. Force fields, motherfucker. It's amazing that we live in a time that you can go and shop for cannabis like you do shoes. All kinds of different types and sizes for all types of different individuals. Well, if you're like me and you like a nice, balanced experience with no pesticides, clean, soil-grown craft cannabis, then you want to ask for Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company in your local Washington retailer. The reason why is because they use true, live, organic soil recipes, custom-made per strain, per plant, like Mother Nature intended. You can't get any better. So if you want craft cannabis with a balanced experience, ranging from strains like Jesus OG or Acapulco Gold or their own Hell's Cookies, then you want Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. Ask for them in your local Washington retailer. And if they don't have it, tell them to talk to me and I'll make sure they get it. Back to the show. Force fields. Now, once again, what do all these have in common? They're all triangular craft, similar light formations, generally involved with nuclear something. Nuclear something. Now, there is all kinds of... There, there, there's what's called the UFO patents, okay? And uh, I, I'm going to do a whole episode on this because it, it, it takes some time to, to go over all of it. But um, basically, it talks about gravitational propulsion, electromagnetic propulsion, um, you know, nuclear fusion, all these things, all these patents that this one, this one guy did could easily explain all of this. Specifically, the one craft, the one craft, um, the Phoenix Lights, for instance, was a triangular craft with it wasn't that type of uh, light configuration underneath, but it was very similar. It was a V shape and uh, uh, what a fifteen hundred people or something saw it, including a governor who then tried to blow it off with some uh, fake little press conference thing, and then he just got roasted by the people because they they really did see something, and they were pissed that this guy tried to, tried to make them feel stupid. Um, I mean, he even says in the exaggeration, you guys take yourselves way too seriously. And, uh, and then, of course, later, like, what was it? 15 20 years later just comes out and be like yeah no it's real isn't that, isn't that just like a politician isn't that just like the government to do that to make everybody feel foolish discredit them not take them seriously do nothing about it leave all these people wondering what the fuck they saw and then 20 years later just come out and be like oh yeah no it's all real i was there i saw it it's just it's sad, but once again, the interesting thing about this is the nuclear power. I think we are headed 
towards this. I believe we we have been using nuclear power in a lot of things, just not for the general public because the general public seem to be very, very uneasy about nuclear power, even though it's incredibly, incredibly one of the safest and most um, efficient power sources. I mean, a very small amount of nuclear power, very small box can, can power everything. Fallout game, if you've never played it, check it out. Even though it does, one of the dangers of nuclear, of course, is what we know of as the you know nuclear bombs. However, if you use this as a power source as opposed to a weapon, you could power homes, entire cities. Uh, it's amazing what you could do with nuclear power. And I believe that we are seeing nuclear power being utilized in these crafts. I, I absolutely believe that this is us. I, here's why I believe this. Let's say they are aliens. What reason do they have to not fuck with us? Everybody keeps saying, well, why would they mess with us? Why would they mess with us? Why wouldn't they? I mean, you know, I, I'm not trying to like apply human nature to every other creature. But let's assume that these are sentient beings that are curious about other beings and, and to them were incredibly primitive. Why would they give two fucks what happens to us? Like to a, to a submarine. I mean, think about this. As humans, we can contemplate and say, what are they going to do about it? Like a UFO comes down with nuclear power that can shut off all systems, leave these submarines, these crafts, aircraft, whatever it is that they're dealing with, completely inoperable. What reason do they have to not fuck with us at that point? They're already shutting down our instruments. They're making us vulnerable. Now people will speculate and say, well, because they're enlightened. They're enlightened creatures of the universe. For what reason? We're ants. If they have nuclear power in their little cruising around commuter vehicles, what fuck do they give about a primitive race who's using nuclear-powered gigantic cylinder vehicles underwater, and that's one of the few areas that we're actually using them? And otherwise, it's weapons and that. What reason would they have not to fuck with us? Now, let's switch to the other argument. Let's say that they are us. Let's say that they are the government. You could say the same thing. What reason do they have to not fuck with us? Because they paid for the craft. I mean, they paid for the submarine. It's their own submarines. Why would you destroy your own submarines? You could just... Yeah, look, here's a scenario. You got... Some people that are, you know, they're testing out this nuclear technology that along with, you know, gravitational, um, what's the word? Uh, anyways, what it does is it encapsulates the craft in a, in a gravitational field that has no resistance. So anybody inside this bubble does, there's no resistance to movement. You can move as fast and as sharp as you want and nobody inside is going to feel that. Okay. If you have that and they are just fucking around, not maybe not fucking around, but they're trying to figure out where this thing can go and what it can do and they end up in an area. Or maybe they want to see if they can knock out instruments underwater in a nuclear sub. Because they're testing out all the various systems of what this thing can do. You got a new toy. You got to play with it. What better way to play with it than with your own military that you know where they're going to be, you know that they're not going to fire at you because they got to add, they got to talk to you first, command first, get the okay to fire on this thing, which it seems like they did. But even then, in one of the incidents anyways, but even then, there was no damage. Now, how could that be? 
because they have an intricate knowledge of our weapon systems because it's us. The first thing you're going to do, being the great military force that we are, in my opinion, is you're going to make all your crafts be able to withstand all of our armament. Because we're the top notch, baby. We're the top guns, right? We're the number one military force in the world. Why wouldn't you base your defense systems on that? So there's a reason why all these crafts seem to take no damage, and a lot of these sightings seem to take no damage from our own weapons because they're based. The defense systems in these crafts were based on our technology. It's the easiest way to test these things. You have access to the weapons to test against the craft that you also have access to. It's all you. To me, that's the simplest answer. I think a much more amazing and incredible, miraculous answer is that, yes, extraterrestrials exist. They've come here from far away to help guide us along to our enlightened state and they'll be there waiting for us when we're when we're when we become enlightened and then they will embrace us into this galactic federation of planets that's waiting out there just waiting for earth to get its shit together so they can embrace us all in a hug and sing kumbaya i that's a little too uh hokey for me I think the simplest answer is, yes, extraterrestrials exist, but the universe is so unfathomably huge that the likelihood of another race running into another race in the universe is astronomical. Astronomical odds, being that it's the universe. So we're not. It's us testing our shit on our shit because we're the number one thing to go against in any war. Also, which leads me to the fact that uh, what the fuck are you going to do if the government decides to turn on you <laughs> at this point? What are you going to do? You can steal a submarine is what you're going to do. A, a, a nuclear sub. And we'll just survive under the ocean in our nuclear sub that clearly is uh, uh, subject to um, random blackouts when strange nuclear craft are about. So that is some sightings of USOs, underwater submersible objects, and, uh, I mean, there's a ton. There is a ton. I could literally do an entire series about this. Um, but this, this USO, I mean, it, it is, there is a lot to this. Um, and once again, I think it all comes down to nuclear technology, which we have had in submarines for a very long time. And I believe that we have extended that to other things. And we're just not telling people because people are uncomfortable with it. And there's a lot of things that the um, uh, a general public doesn't know because they're uncomfortable with it. So, uh, anyways, but that's it. Very interesting stuff. So keep an eye on this nuclear technology stuff, gang. I mean, I'm telling you, this is uh, this is headed our way. We're gonna start to see a lot more. They're they're talking about nuclear powered watches. Did you know that? Nuclear powered watches. I shit you negative. Nuclear powered watches. Credible incredible so it's coming it's coming and uh, i think that is the next wave of technology i think that is the next wave of technology because what where else do we go from here excuse me we have everything it's hard to it's hard to imagine where we could go from here we have things that they never saw coming look at the old star trek look at the old any of the star treks look at quantum leap they could not, nobody predicted the internet. It's an incredible thing. Incredible thing. We are so, we are so balls deep in technology that we're, we're beyond what even 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they could predict. Look what they thought we would be in, in uh, Back to the Future, you know? 
flying cars and shit. Nuclear technology. It's coming. Maybe not nuclear. Maybe not nuclear flying cars. That would. I can only imagine that. I could only imagine how insane that would be with the amount of dumbass drivers there are. Oi, with nuclear power. I mean, Jesus, the amount of of insane crashes and the huge explosions you would have. Oh my God. Anyways, thank you all once again for joining me on another episode of UFO No. Um, go share us social media. Subscribe or not subscribe. Well, yeah, subscribe if if it's, it's, if you can. And uh, also review if you can. Leave a five-star review. It helps a lot. Go check out ClarksonCBDCode.com. Use that promo code UFONO. Save 10% site-wide. Get yourself some gummies or some capsules or something. 30 milligrams a day keeps a lot of things away. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's a phenomenal thing. Just try it out. You'll love it. Um, and then as well, once again, got to give Hell's Candy Cannabis a gigantic shout-out because they are some of the best balanced cannabis you can have in Washington state. It's, it's incredible. I love it. So if you're a Washington resident, go check out, um, like uncle Ike's in Seattle. If you're in Seattle, uncle Ike's has got it. Um, anyways, I am completely drawing a blank as to all those stores are in, but they're in a bunch of stores, Seattle, Spokane, uh, Pullman, Clarkston, uh, Walla Walla. Um, we're all over the place. So anyways, go check them out. Uh, ask for them, Hell's Cannon Cannabis Company. And uh, and once again, Casey, thank you so much for hitting me up and asking me when the fuck I was going to do this again because I need to do it, and I apologize. I apologize. Um, so I'm back, and we're going to do it. And uh, I'm going to try and bring Blind Mike with me, but he is MIA, people. I have no idea. Uh, but anyways, thank you. And once again, Leonard, love you, man. Uh, Damon, I hope to have you back on the show. And uh, everybody that listens, Brett Borden, love you too, man. And uh, everybody, thank you so, so much for all your support. Thanks for always listening to me. And uh, peeps, uh, we'll see you on the next one, huh? huh? Oh, and remember, watch out for the government. They're shysty bastards.